crying, you're so scared and all alone. Hangman is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Welcome to episode 6 of the UK Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Uh, you're joined by myself, Simon Winstanley, and my two usual suspect co-hosts, uh, Dave Hart and Gavin Marshall. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, good, man. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, glad you're both here to join me to mourn the end of the Xavier Grimble era. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I didn't know you were going to go with that. There's so many things <laughs> to go with there. Well, uh, only natural to start with the biggest piece of the news, right? Um, No, I mean, there there is tons to talk about today, um, so we'll get straight into it. We're going to start with uh, a bit of a game recap, a bit of a discussion about the Steelers-Ravens game that took place at Heinz Field over the weekend. Um, Fair to say, one of the more heartbreaking, more disappointing losses we've experienced in recent times, guys? Yeah, I I don't think I've been this sad for ages. Yeah, there's palpable sadness. Um, usually it's anger, isn't it? Because we we expect good things and then you see the backlash, you know, the, the, yeah. the tumbling out crowd. But Yeah, or you feel like you've been cheated or something, whereas yeah. this just feels totally different. Yeah, It's weird. I'm, I'm sad, but I'm kind of really happy at the same time. <laughs> you've let it's go. To emotions. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what to do himself. Did you see Phil Bridge posted he's loving this season? I don't know if that's just him being contrarian or whatever. But. I didn't see that, no. It's a bit of a different feel, isn't it? You know, I kind of, um, I'll get to it in a bit, how I don't necessarily know how the rest of the season's going to play out, whether it's going to you know, stay the way it's gone so far over the course of the season. But whichever way you look at it, whether you think things are going to go up or down, it's been a bad season just because, you know, we've lost the kind of guys that we normally root for. And, you know, without Ben being in, it's just a whole different expectation, isn't it? Yeah, well, I tell you, it's, I, I know it's bad because I've, I've started Googling the, the, the Steelers' record going back to see how far yeah. it goes back before, you know, how bad it's got to be to be kind of record-setting. You know, it goes back to 2003, 6 and 10 was the last under 500 finish. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had, I've been lucky, really. I've never had less than an 8 and 8, you know, and even those seasons felt sort of lost, so... Yeah, yeah and then 88, 5 and 11. So, yeah, let's hope it's better than that. Oh, we'll get to that. I, I think it will be. Um, you know, we'll have a bit of discussion about that a little bit later on. But um, if we talk a little bit about this game specifically, um, I almost don't know where to start with this game. So much happened. It was such an eventful game. Um, you know, it feels like one play could have changed the whole outcome of the, the game, and you could go almost anywhere with it. But if we start, I suppose, with the big news, which is that our second quarterback of the season has been uh, wiped out. Um, it looks like this. I imagine he might be back after next week. It, it looked really. Uh, bad at the time, obviously Earl Thomas comes in and, and knocks him out um, for a minute. Looking at Juju's reaction, I, I didn't know how bad it was going to be. I thought we were going to have a you know a really dire situation on our hands, but luckily he, he gets up and he's carried off the field. Um, what did you guys yeah, think he, of the hit? He was asleep before he even hit the deck. Yeah, it was it was scary to see. I mean, my my wife was actually watching with me for the first time in a long time, and I just sat there in silence for like mm. for like five minutes. Just she's like, "What's up with you?" And he could be dead right now. Yeah, so, um, yeah. For a minute, it reminded me. I don't know if you guys, if you guys follow um, regular English football much, but um, I don't know if you remember. Uh, maybe ten years ago, 
Bolton Wanderers played Tottenham Hotspur in an FA Cup fifth round and Fabrice Moamba went down with a heart condition. And there was like a 20-minute period before the game was eventually abandoned because his heart had stopped and he technically died for about five minutes and uh, everything yeah. was looking grim. And it, and it just gave me flashbacks to that. And um, luckily, like I say, he was able to get back up and, and well, not that all was okay, but it wasn't as bad as we originally feared. Yeah, it was a bit freaky, wasn't it? Because he was still pointing his finger mm. and, and his tongue yeah. was kind mm. of wagging out of his mouth and his eyes were open looking to one side. I mean, have you ever been knocked out? I, I don't think so, no. Uh, I haven't yeah, I mean, won many. I haven't won many fights, but I've avoided yeah. knockouts. I, I've, been, I've been knocked out twice, but not through fighting, through doing stupid things with extreme sports. <laughs> but you're a Bills but, fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just a very, very strange thing when you wake up. You've got no idea where you are. So, mm. Yeah, I can see, you can always kind of feel for them when they wake up. I remember Luke Keekley had that one a couple of years ago where he started crying. You just, it's just total shock. It's like you've woken up and you've got no idea what's going on. Yeah, like a scary experience for him. I hope it doesn't affect him long term. Yeah, certainly. The most yeah. embarrassing part of it was always that the cart wasn't working to take him off oh, the playing field. I know. <laughs> the NFL came out with a statement later saying that they did have a backup cart if they needed it. I don't know how much I buy that, but um, yeah. I mean, as long as you're pretty much you're more in shock and confused, so you're probably all right to walk as long as you're not hurt yourself on the way down. So I don't think, I don't think it was that much of an issue. It's just more embarrassing. It just it was a bit of light relief actually when you saw them all pushing the cart. It's like what else could go wrong? <laughs> Um, in fairness, though, before that was probably the best play that Mason made all day, which was an awesome kind of extend the play long pass to James Washington, who also then gets injured. Uh, is it on the same play or, or just after? Um, yeah. So you know, I think Mason in general before this injury was was playing a pretty decent game when they actually let him sort of get into his comfort zone and get into his groove and, and abandoned all this you know ridiculous play calling that I was talking about last week. Well, they tried to go, didn't they? They tried to go there and then um, Samuels overthrew on the wildcat and that was it. They kind of closed that book up and went back to sort of more traditional offence, didn't they? Yeah, I, I don't want this to be a classic, you know, Simon was right situation. But but um, Simon was right. <laughs> but, but, you know, again, like I say, the, the, the Dolphins are... Uh, not the Dolphins, sorry. The, the Ravens are a different team to the Bengals, you know. They're a much more capable team, you know, altogether. Whatever we think of the Ravens coming out of this game, they're clearly a much more capable team than the Bengals. Yeah, they were better at diagnosing that stuff, yeah. weren't they? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they recognised the fact that it wasn't working. And moved and away from it. abandoned it. it, it, it if it was week one, they just carried on doing it over and over again until they blew in the face. Yeah, but it's a shame because, you know, if you if you look back at the game, such slim margins. If, if they hadn't run, the, you know, such a silly play and having Jalen Samuels throw the ball there, maybe we would walk away with a win in this game. You know, it's hard to say when you were that far back in the game, but that's seven points straight away there. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was tough for me. And there was a few things like that in this game. The safety that, that was almost there where I, I kind of felt like he was in, to be honest, because the whole ball has to yeah. be outside. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was a safety. The, the commentators didn't really make a big deal out of that, to be honest, but I kind of felt that was a safety. But I was up on my feet doing the safety symbol. I'll yeah. Be <laughs> yeah, I was doing the same <laughs> thing and my housemate was looking at me like I was strange. Um, but in general, Devlin Hodges thing obviously comes in. How did you think he played? Well, they didn't. They didn't hold him back, did they? It kind of. It felt like they were being brave with him. Like yeah, they that, trusted him. That's what surprised me. Obviously, he throws that one pick that's called back, thankfully, uh, due to penalty. But but other than that, you know, I think he was like six for nine, um, sixty odd yards. A, a good sort of end to the game for for a guy who you know we knew nothing about really, other than preseason. He's a really comfortable passer, isn't he? He's mm. like it's he's he doesn't look flustered at all. I mean, he's a third string, and he just walked walked on like he was the man. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying he's like he's the next big thing, but like he, he he didn't look flustered. He just sort of he's like it was business doing his thing. 
Yeah, very calm, very capable. This was actually why I was okay, if you remember back to, back in the preseason podcast, why I was okay with Josh Dobbs being traded away, because I liked what we saw out of Devlin Hodges in the preseason. I know it's only preseason, but yeah. um, you know he's big into duck hunting, he's a fan favourite. I like those kind of guys. Yeah, he had some big moments at Stanford. I mean, I don't watch college football, but I heard about that, you know, that he's had some big games there. So the, he wasn't, the moment wasn't too big for him. Yeah, yeah he's, well, he's three-time offensive player of the year. Golden yeah. Arm Award or something, wasn't it? Yeah, he's got the Water Paint Award. Times. Yeah, he's, he's, he's highly decorated. Wow, he's the most decorated quarterback of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I say, the same issues plagued us in the beginning um, seemed to open it up a little bit as we moved on. But ultimately, I think what cost us this game more than anything is the same thing that's cost us every game before, is that time of possession, the way that we couldn't get the defence uh, off... Uh, sorry, we couldn't get the offence to stay on the field on third downs. Um how do we fix this? I mean, I mean, I know it's a struggle when you've got your starting quarterback and now your backup quarterback out as well. Um, but I, I feel like the run game is the problem. You know, after last week's, you know, I said that we performed better against the Bengals and we did because uh, the Bengals' run defence was abysmal. It's not a good um, thing to test your run defence against, really. Uh, but this week, again, we saw a struggle. Um, you know, 3.9 yards per carry for James Conner, 50-odd yards. It wasn't it wasn't what we needed to sort of stay on the field and, and, and that's ultimately what I think costs us in terms of time of possession. I don't feel yeah. like the run game is the issue. It's, I mean, we were expecting this big link-up between, I know Rudolph's probably be in next week. We're expecting this big link-up between Rudolph and Washington. I've not seen it yet. And he's, there's not enough inclusion of those wide receivers. He's you know, dumping off to tight, end, um, tight ends and running backs. Yeah. The, the problem is, though, Dave, like, I get what you're saying, but we, we see him make those plays, Mason, that is. We see him sort of... Make, the, the mid, the intermediate to mid-game was, was much better today in certain elements, but you can't just rely on that. There has to be a consistent way to get that third and one, third and two, you know, mm. and just keep the drive alive and keep the defence off the field because at the minute, you know, I can't... What was the time of possession? I can't remember exactly, but it was something like 39 minutes to 25 or something, obviously because of the overtime. Um, and and I saw certain people, you know, getting after the defense, saying, "Oh, well, they conceded twenty six points," which to me is just the stupidest take of all time. I mean, yeah. go back to the drawing board if you're coming out with that, because the defense has played brilliantly, but you can't expect them to be on the field for that long and not concede points. Yeah, it, it it's the same issue we had a few weeks ago, right? We just yeah. couldn't convert those those takeaways. Yeah, I mean, you could literally cut that podcast, re-edit it, put it in this one. It's the same problems. It's been all season. I wish you'd yeah, told me I mean, that before. Just... I could have saved me some time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but I've got, you've got to say the, the D, man. I mean, they yeah. they just, they were absolutely outstanding. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I really like it when a defence, and I, I've been saying, you know, it's been fat for seasons now, the, the Steelers' defence has been bad. And I've looked enviously. I remember at one point, sort of coveting the Giants' defence with their four-man rush and this kind of man coverage and just swamping teams with that four-man rush and the the, the secondary and the pass rush working in unison, both complementing each other. And, and that's what the Steelers were doing on this game, and it was great to see. And it's just such a shame that the offence isn't, isn't there to kind of, you know, at least carry the load for the defence who are playing lights out, I think. Yeah, it feels like... I know Ben wasn't playing great in the first couple of games, but it almost feels like if Ben was here, we could be... You know, people would be talking about us as Super Bowl contenders because, you know, the old line's still there. We've not lost that. I think the receivers would be, you know, with Juju and, and the young guys would be doing just fine. It, it's just such a shame that that's just, it feels like the one piece that's missing along, you know, with a bit with the run game as well. But um, the defence, you can't say enough about them. I mean, we turn into Pittsburgh all of a sudden after a couple of podcasts ago, we were talking about we only had four picks in, what was it, 13 games. All yeah. of a sudden, we can't stop intercepting passes, so. 
<laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're tied for first with, uh, with New England on takeaways. Yeah, so yeah, 12, 12 takeaways, five yeah. games. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. I mean, we've, we've first in turnovers, what was it? We've um, 19 sacks, which is third. We've got um, a plus five turnover differential, which is fifth. And we're one and four. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't really ask for much more from the defence point of view, can you? No, no you really can't. Um, what do you think's improved? Is, is it the, the addition of Minka Fitzpatrick, do you think? Obviously, the D-line's playing great as well, but I think he's taken away a big portion of the field that before was you know, always a bit worrisome. You always felt like maybe the big ball was coming any second now, and I'm not worrying about that the way I used to. Yeah, Fitz is part of that improvement, but Vince coming back has a big, big change there. I, I mean... Uh, Bush was doing a solid job last week, but Vince being back now has been, has, has made a an even bigger difference, I think. Hmm. And Hilton as well. I mean, he's just everywhere making plays. Yeah, another interception yeah. in this game. Yeah, um, quite an acrobatic but, one as well. But also, I think the kind of settled into the kind of the the playing the man, playing you know. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, obviously, New England roasted them in the week one. Their man scheme didn't work there. But apart from that, their, their secondary have been much better. They've been getting you know plays on the ball, which is, just wasn't happening before. Yeah, it's almost weird to think back to that New England game, actually, isn't it? Like, um, I kind of almost forgot about that, actually, how badly the defence was roasted in that game. I suppose that's week one you know, for you, isn't it? Don't believe what you see in week one because it's all, it's all a lie. But I wonder if we replayed that game, whether it would be a different game. Uh, I don't know. I suppose... It's a shame well, we'd we lose by even more now. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I wonder if the defense would put up a, a, I suppose, more of a fight is what I'm saying. But yeah. Um, one thing on the Ravens before we kind of move on, Lamar Jackson, very pedestrian game. What, what do we think of him at this point? Because three weeks ago, I was ready to crown him the MVP. I think a lot of the sacks, well, a few of the sacks were down to him just trying to. Mm. He, that's what he does, isn't it? He, he scrambles. He tries to tries to run, but it's. I think he sort of tries to be a bit too smart with it and ends up just getting sacked sometimes. Yeah. The Ravens, I mean, three terrible teams, as we know now, at the beginning of the season. What was it? Redskins, um, Giants and and Dolphins. Obviously, the Giants have improved a little bit, to be fair, but but at the time, starting Eli, they weren't much of a threat. Um, They've won those three games and then ever since, not been much to talk about. No. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be one of those players that has big weeks and then kind of sits back down into being mediocre for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he's an explosive player, isn't he? So, you know, he, he just needs to hit one or two of those long balls and uh, he'll probably win a few games with those. Doesn't need to be spraying the ball around in short and intermediate. I mean, it, it, they, they, their tight end game was, was really effective, I thought, the two tight ends, as yeah. we talked about, you know, on the short passes. They're big targets, good good catches, big catch radius. Yeah, just I like Mark Andrews. Yeah, yeah, he's a good player. Aiden Hurst as well. I thought he had some good, good catches. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that the, the team sort of set up to support him. I just wonder so. whether whether we. What I can't decide is whether Lamar Jackson is going to be someone that we have to deal with for a decade, or whether, um, whether maybe it won't last that long. I suppose we could ask the same question about Baker Mayfield right now as well. Um, but yeah, I suppose things are looking a lot less certain in the division in general than they were a couple of weeks ago. I think you'd stick with him. I th- it's probably his season's probably going to be cut short by injury. Out of thought, just with the kind of player he is, he'll probably you know he'll get beat up when he would, people will start hitting him hard to slow him down. But I think you know he gives you. I think we talked about it last week. He gives you an identity, and if you can play, use that scheme to his strengths. You know that's a, a, gives you something to do rather than just kind of fish in the dark trying to come up with schemes like we are that we don't really know who we are. Yeah, at, the uh, at least they have an identity. Um, yeah. 
a couple of quick moments in the game I want your opinion on. Um, Devin Bush's interception, did, did he catch it or, or did the ground help him with that? <laughs> My black and gold tinted glasses want me to say yes, <laughs> but in reality he didn't. Yeah, I kind of Oh, felt... really? I I thought it was totally a catch, but who knows? No, I'm kind of with Dave on this. I, I, yeah, uh, maybe they just couldn't overturn it, but it felt to me like... The ground definitely had a lot to do with helping him secure possession of that ball. I don't know. Do you really think so? Because it seemed like he had the ball and, and it kind of hit the ground at the same. It wasn't one of those ones where it kind of bubbled into his hands when the, it didn't. The ground didn't help him catch it. He sort of caught it despite the ground in a way. I don't know. It was a weird one because he had it in his possession, so it was like locked between his arms, wasn't it? But he didn't have it in his hand. It, it looked a bit loose. And then when it hit the ground, it then lodged fully into his arm. Almost is how I I, I viewed it, but. Uh, it was a close one. I suppose that's probably the right way to officiate the game, though, isn't it? You don't overturn the call on the field if we can You know, if we're arguing about it here, it's probably the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're sort of doing, isn't it? Sticking um, with the pulled play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then we go into overtime. Um, now I was absolutely losing my mind when we <laughs> when I saw Cam Hay, and I actually thought that they'd got it wrong because Cam Hayward looked a bit confused. So I thought. Um, I know. I thought. I thought yeah. they got it wrong. Like, oh no, they haven't understood. Go back. Make sure yeah, yeah. Right. That's what I was saying. Uh, we elect to kick the ball away to the Ravens to start overtime. Uh, I could not make heads and tails of this at all. What were you guys doing when this happened? I was losing it. It was pretty much that. It, I think Mike had more faith in his defense than his offense at the moment, and I'm putting it in the hands of. Um, of Duck Dynasty wasn't exactly his his plan A, so I think he went. I think it was a smart, smart choice. If it had worked, he'd have been a bloody genius. I don't know if he would have been though, because this is my argument. I get, I get what he was saying, but are you really telling me that you think that the chance of the defense sort of making some kind of big play, you know, an interception, return for a touchdown or, or a fumble or whatever the case might be, is more likely than us using the first possession to to score? I, 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 because to me, there's no real benefit to giving them the ball because either way once you you know turn the ball over and they punt the ball to us we still have to march the field to score a touchdown I think uh, he's also expecting the kick like, some, there's some great kicks going on from uh, from Tucker I think he was expecting another great kick which he did in the end on them um, I can't remember what it was now yeah mine's gone blank but yeah I think, I think he's expecting that and um just sort of just, expecting us to be pinned back fairly deep. Just, just a weird decision. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, do you think it was because of the the kickoff returns were so bad the whole game, and he was just anticipating. Tom was anticipating the Steelers being pegged back, not yeah. getting a three and out straight away, and then them getting you know at least a, an easy touch, an easy uh, field goal, but probably a touchdown and ending the game there. Whereas, give them the ball, trust the defense to not allow the touchdown, get the you know probably allow them to score the field goal, and then get a chance yeah yeah no I suppose I do see that a little bit I, I don't know I, this is one of those where I think you can be a little bit too cute and I, just take the ball Mike <laughs> I, I don't know I mean I know we're not we're not we shouldn't be living in our fears like like he says you know like he shouldn't be making decisions so that if it goes wrong he doesn't get criticized but can you imagine if that had been the reason imagine if they'd just gone down the, the field and scored on the first position and we hadn't possessed the ball the people would have been calling yeah. for his heads. I mean, not that they aren't anyway. Oh, yeah. But... It was a dice yeah. roll. And, yeah. and I think it actually it came off. It did, it yeah. Only but, because yeah. of the, yeah. the fumble that it didn't work out, right? Hmm. Yeah. And that's the next thing I, I wanted to mention. Um, our great and illustrious leader, uh, Jason Bodler, um, messaged me today and said, you guys should talk about 
um, Juju and James Conner and how uh, you know they've both fumbled in big moments um, now uh, since they've started their careers in Pittsburgh. I think Juju's done it a couple of times. I think it was in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Um, is this becoming a bit of a problem? And I said, yep, don't worry. Uh, we will discuss that most definitely. Um, do you think this is a, a problem? I saw a stat that Juju has fumbled twice and then a big long list of other prominent wide receivers that fumbled more than that in the same time period. So uh, I don't know. It felt like a really good play from the defence for me. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's admitted himself that he, he was doing it all day, wasn't he? Trying to knock the ball out of his hands. Yeah. Um, so maybe he should have been more aware of that. But, you know, should have, could have, would have. Yeah. It's, it's too late now. It, it was a very, very good sort of peanut Tillman, knock the ball out, punch the ball out kind of play, bang, bang. And also, it was so close to... He'd only just sort of made that football move as well. You know, he, he kind of possessed the catch. Because at first I thought, oh, incomplete catch. You know, it was so quick. Um, mm. But then on replay, to be fair, you know, like the guy said, it was, you know, step three steps and then the ball was punched out. So you have to call that a fumble. But, you know, it was right on that razor edge. And I don't know how much I can really get on Juju for that. But I'm seeing a lot of people do it because, you know, yinzers be yinzers. But um, mm. I, I feel I think a bit it's bad just because Juju. it's in those big spots, like you say, it's in those on, on those important drives where it matters the most. Yeah, that it's, that it's happening. Yeah. It's not happening on those sort of throwaway drives, if you are calling that. But, yeah, I mean, it's not a new thing either because, I mean, Rashad Mendenhall's fumble cost the Steelers the Super Bowl as well. Yeah. Which was a horrible one. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just it's just one of those horrible things that when it happens to you, you hate it. And when you, you force a fumble, you love it. And you kind of blame the player. But, I don't know. You know, he's trying to he's trying to win the game there. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't a bit of flash, you know. I think James Connor's fumbling issues are a little bit different. Um, I know he, you know, wasn't such an issue today. But just talking about Jason's question, I think... James probably needs to take care of the ball a little more, but I, I'm I'm struggling to get on Juju for that one. Yeah. Does um does Tomlin need to do a uh, Ron Rivera and get a, a boxing glove and start punching at them in the train <laughs> training? Did you see that? Remember that from yeah. All or Nothing? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I quite like that. Why not? Yeah, it's like uh, John it's Gruden running running after um uh, <laughs> who, who, who was he chasing? I can't remember. Nathan Peterman maybe. Um, who was that? They had the broom a few years ago. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> who was that? Um, I can't remember now. Wasn't Dirk Cutter? Was it? No, it wasn't. Um, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, but I can't I, remember. Yeah, <laughs> someone chasing someone around with a broom. Somehow, I don't. I don't see Tommy doing that. He's more of the strong, silent, you know, sunglasses on type. I, I don't see him yeah. chasing people around the field. <laughs> just, uh, just sticking on James for a second there. I, I mean, I'm a little bit concerned about his his running style. I mean, I, I know he, that's the kind of guy he is. He's he runs hard. He puts his head down. But I've seen, like last week, I saw him spinning, doing all sorts, and it just sort of, and, that, and like during tackles, and you think, well, guy's going to snap his ankles. Yeah. And he's not stayed healthy. I don't, for, as far as I'm aware, throughout his entire professional and college career, he's not played a full, uh, a full season. Is this something that concerns you guys as well? Is it, or is it just me? I think a lot of that's to do with, like you say, his running style, but also he's he's not the kind of you know patient back that we're used to with Le'Veon Bell. He, he's very much a north-south runner, isn't he? Um, I'm still holding... I love James Conner. I think he's a great guy. He's a great story. He's a good kid, but I am still a little bit... You know, I'm not like Juju with James Conner. I'm not completely sold on him. No, um, I think I think he's he's kind of outplayed his, his status of yeah. being the great story about surviving the cancer. Yes, but he's yet to establish himself as kind of a memorable Steelers running back. I think he's got to take the next step to be uh, into that kind of mould of Bell and Parker and Bettis and I all think those he was guys. Ha- he was handed the reins after Le'Veon Bell, 
And I think what helped propel him to sort of national relevance is the fantasy implication that he has because he's behind one of the best offensive lines in, in the country. Um, and obviously he's taking over for Le'Veon Bell, who was you know, a fantasy darling, and he's getting every touch in the backfield of one of the most prolific offences last season. So, you know, all of a sudden he's a, a name that everyone knows. You know, James Conner is the Steelers running back. But similar to what we've seen in Seattle recently where they've been grinding through running backs, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing that over the next couple of years if James Conner doesn't sort of... Um, pick up, pick it up a little bit. Well, this well, is like, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more concerned now with Samuel's out for a month. Yep. Right, yeah, that's exactly. I was just going to say, it looks like this is going to be the Benny Snell show, right, against uh, yeah. the uh, Chargers. So yeah. we'll see what he's got. And yeah. they're going to promote maybe uh, Terrell Edmonds' brother, right? Oh, yeah, maybe. I forgot about him. Oh, Trey, Trey Edmonds? <laughs> yeah, Trey Edmonds, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that would be nice to see him. I mean, that actually might have the added benefit because he's quite a baller on special teams. So he might, he might actually have that help out in that way because I think the special teams have been they've been lacking Knicks and uh, Chick yeah. and also Vince Williams as well though he's back now but he didn't really play that much on special teams so I think it could help out in the, in that in that way so maybe it's a good thing I don't know but Samuels has been playing well on special teams as well I think um, last couple of things before we move on uh, firstly the uh, flag on Ola for the sack that he got or, or, or if it was just a pressure I can't remember but um, he was done for quarterback roughing the passer um, do you remember this play? Yeah, it wasn't. Was it? Just ludicrous. <laughs> I mean, again, I, I said this uh, on Twitter on the, on the podcast account the other day because I saw someone tweet that you know the NFL is becoming unwatchable. And while that's maybe a little bit far, I do feel like I'm getting just sick of the officiating because it feels like the officiating is almost the thing that decides most games now, and it almost makes me think, well, what's the point of me even watching most of these games? Um, you know, some of these games are so tight now, and there's such parity between so many of the teams that. You know, one silly officiating decision and it's ruined. And yeah, it's starting to get on my grind my gears a little bit. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, that. I mean, I mean, I, I never played the game, but to me that was a form tackle. That was textbook. Exactly. And yeah, he sort of slid down the leg, didn't he? Like it, it yeah. kind of as he goes down, he he kind of lets him go. He didn't fall on top of him. He didn't sort of hurt his leg in any way. It just I don't know what else he could have done in that situation. Yeah. And between that and this absolute nonsense of the pass interference just seemingly being made up as we go along. Uh, yeah. It's starting to really annoy me a bit and I mean it's a shame because they got one as well, didn't they, with the the kind of I don't know, the guy brushed his one little finger across yeah. uh, Mason's face yeah, yeah. mask and, and that got called. But it wasn't in such an important situation as the Olo one. Yeah. And I just feel bad for Ola because, you know, I, I, I'm sure you guys are, but I'm really rooting for him to yeah. kind of come in. And that was kind of a big play for him when it got taken off. And, you know. But hopefully, I, I think it was shown, you know, I think the coaching staff will probably go back to him and get in his ear and say, listen, that was a, a perfect play. Keep doing that and you're not going to get called many times. So um, I did have one other thing I wanted to mention and now it slipped out of my head. So unless you guys have got uh, anything major on this game, uh, we'll move on. Anything else you want to hit on this game specifically? I mean, is. is... Johnny Holton going to catch a pass, do you think, sometime this year? <laughs> uh, do we know, how, how much did he play in this game? Because I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see much of him. Uh, hang on, he got one target, no receptions, which has basically been the case for every game, isn't it? He's just <laughs> yeah, had that one, one long burn one. and been missed. And, yeah. you know, say what you want about DHB, but he always seemed to come up when, when, it, when the ball came to him, he did manage to catch the ball. Yeah. And, I don't know, you've got to look back and think, Switz and Holton or I mean we've been banging on about it but or Eli and Spencer I know which which looking now which which two I think would have had better success because Holton's brought absolutely nothing and yeah. Switz is not a receiver yeah 
Yeah, yeah Switzer's yeah. been up. If you remember back in the first couple of games, Switzer was almost the leading reception or the leading target at least. Um, yeah. On his team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but now he's just not even in the game plan anymore, is he? So. No. Yeah. It, to be fair to him, he he didn't have a terrible game. I mean, in terms of the uh, kickoff returns, he. Yeah, I mean, it was... it was awful, but he he did better than he's done. <laughs> it was awful. So there was improvement. <laughs> This has turned into the um, the Ryan Switzer hate podcast so quickly. Yeah, <laughs> I was really pleased. I really liked that that when they traded for him. It's so sad yeah. that he's just become this figure of disappointment. Uh, oh, I've remembered the thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, punt corner. Um, oh. b- bit of credit yeah. to, to uh, the punting team. Um, we got that one stop on the one yard line, which was pretty impressive. Yeah, think, credit to Artie Burns. I think it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was more to do with. Uh, the coverage probably than the punt, but um, you know credit where credit's due. Uh, and they haven't they haven't led me to be super frustrated to start the season, so um, I'm holding off on like the punt rage until a little bit later in the season. I'd say out of the four phases of special teams, the punting has been the best. Well, let's not go too far. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, put some respect on Boswell's name. Uh, the yeah, kicking okay. game. I wasn't, been, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't including the actual field goal kicking. I meant the you know the kickoffs returns and. Oh, okay, right. Punts and punts returns, yeah. Right, okay, fair enough. Yeah, no, no, Boswell's been great. I've to- we've totally all trust him again now, which is brilliant. Yeah, um, and all of a sudden, everyone wants to vote him MVP every game. Let's calm down with that, people. Um, I mean, until <laughs> he's only one game, person, really. Yeah, I mean, listen, until we have games where no one else is doing anything useful, let- let's calm down on Chris Boswell being the MVP. Um, yeah. Let's see him miss one, and then let's see him come back from that. <laughs> Let, no, let's just let's keep him at one hundred percent, please. Um, There's actually a couple of things I wanted to. Yeah, I did. Well, one being that I'm, I actually said after the game, I am super proud of this to mm. be a Steelers fan and of this team at the yeah. moment. This, despite the loss, they they showed some real guts and determination at the end there. I mean, obviously they didn't come up with the win, but just not that, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, just really putting up a brick wall. I was um, a bit emotional at the end. I'm not ashamed to admit. Yeah, I heard you had a little cry. And well, I'm well, well, the wife was upstairs in bed, so I'm, I'm right to cry at that point. Um, <laughs> You're a sensitive soul, Dave. I, I noticed that about you when we met. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wear my heart on my sleeve most of the time. Yeah. Um, but the, the other thing was, um, I was looking into stats of um, one and four teams that have made the playoffs. Go on, this will cheer us up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's seven all in all out um, of um out of what six thousand <laughs> whatever, whatever number you can you can come up with uh, i don't know is it in the hundreds um, i imagine so it must be probably. yeah but um only one has made the conference championship which was uh the 2002 titans apparently dear god um so chances are there's, there's a chance um, but there's also, I mean, I've not, I'm yet to confirm this because I'm, I can't find any real source on it. But as far as I can work out, um, there's 12 one and five teams that have made the playoffs. Oh really? So, so we've got a better chance if we lose this next game, statistically. <laughs> so are you telling me? Uh, tell me, correct me if I got this wrong. Five maths is not my strong suit. So five teams were 0 and four. And then won a game to go one and five, and then made the playoffs. Does that make sense? The comeback starts there. Is yeah. What you're saying. Yeah, and, they were, and then they ran the table after that. That's crazy. I'm assuming. 
Well, how many of those are the um, Green Bay Packers? Oh, what year was that? I think it's safe to say we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, that's a nice segue, actually, Dave, onto what I wanted to discuss um, kind of in the news. We normally go over the the other teams, which is kind of what I want to do here, but, but in more of a general sense is that even though we're one and four, I think you can actually, believe it or not, thanks to our defence, make a strong argument that we might be the strongest team in this division. Um, maybe I'm being a bit a bit optimistic, but in all seriousness... I don't know how you can say that with the quarterback situation. Well, no, I understand that, and that's the one caveat, but I suppose what I mean is, you look at the Ravens, they needed overtime to, to beat us with our third-string quarterback coming in in the third quarter. Um... The Browns are all of a sudden a complete trash fire. Um, I don't know what on earth that was to get on Monday Night Football. Did, did, you, did either of you watch this? I watched the highlights, yeah. I mean, yeah, it looked like yeah. they were just getting destroyed by that defensive line. It was one of the most one-sided games I've ever seen. I mean, I know the scoreline didn't end up being like a 50-burger, but um, there was just absolutely nothing from the Browns at all. I mean, Baker Mayfield looked like, you know, as if, as if you put me in the... The game. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was, his stat line going into like halfway through the second quarter was uh, zero completions, one interception, one fumble lost. <laughs> yeah. He got minus two fantasy points. People went into this game winning the fantasy league with only Baker Mayfield to play and lost. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, the Browns, I don't know what's going on because they, they put out such a nice performance last week against the Ravens. And that's the other. That's the other thing as well. Obviously, the Ravens lost to the Browns. This Browns team, uh, which throws things even more into disarray. Um, and then the Bengals obviously aren't even worthy of discussion. So, uh, I think you could make an argument that at full, not at full, not at full strength, even without Ben, um, there's a strong argument that we might be the strongest team in this division on any given day. Yeah. I think I think that we're in a good situation in that we're lucky that you know there's not one of those other teams isn't running away with the division. But I think the the, the problem with converting the third downs and yeah. extending drives on offense is a major problem. And unless that gets fixed, I don't think it's yeah. gonna. Yeah, Gavin, let me end. make it clear. I'm not saying that this means that we will make the playoffs because the position that we've put ourselves in is so poor at this point that that it's still a long shot. But that said. I think if we were going to make a run at it, we've got an easier schedule now coming up. We've played probably what you'd argue are our hardest games, or at least most of them. Um, if we could get some wins in the division here, if we could, say, sweep the Browns and win the next game against the Ravens, you know, all is not necessarily lost. I mean, listen, if we if we lose two more games in the next three weeks, that's it. Um, well, yeah, the, the games against the Colts and the Rams are a bit scary now. Exactly. Um, and Week 9 yeah. and Week 10. But yeah. apart from that, yeah, you're right. I mean, the schedule's pretty... Pretty rope dope. I mean, week fifteen bills. Who knows? Bills is what scary one for me. Yeah. yeah, but apart from that, and obviously the Ravens at the end. But I, I said that the whole season was going to come down to that last game against the Ravens. I hope that's. I hope that still comes true because that would be great. I mean, hold your horses here, guys. There's one more stat of that no one and fourteen has ever made the Super Bowl. Well, that's not going to change this season. <laughs> because even if we do make the playoffs, I'm going to be completely honest, we'll probably get wiped out in the first yeah. game. So I don't know why I'm that bothered because no doubt, you know, it wouldn't be the Patriots because they'd have the the, the, the bye. But I don't know. The, he was doing well. Uh, the I don't know. Chiefs? The, the, well, the Chiefs. I imagine the Chiefs would get the second bye. Um, the Bills, maybe? 
<laughs> I don't know. The rest of the AFC is a bit of a weird one, isn't it? There's yeah, so many, there's yeah. not really one many people there. And that's why I think the AFC Championship game is almost beyond doubt. But you know, barring like a, a Mahomes extended injury or anything like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just thought I'd mention that because I feel like, you know, even if this season isn't our season, if we could maybe get things right in on offense in the off season, the defense isn't going anywhere. You know, this defense is going to stick around hopefully for a number of years and that's something to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, there is still a chance. We're still not completely out of it. I mean, it, it comes up, the, the Chargers game's massive. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, so maybe we should talk about that. Yeah, just very quickly before we do, um, that was a lovely segue, but unfortunately you've jumped the gun by about three seconds. Um, okay. I wanted to just mention um, the Redskins apparently targeting Mike Tomlin as head coach. Yeah, what the heck was this, huh? <laughs> so I saw this last night. Um, I mean, what a load of cod swallop. Is there some beat right with nothing better to do with his time? Well, apparently it's been leaked out, out of the Raiders' camp. Um, but, uh, I mean... Raiders? Uh, sorry, Ra- uh, Redskins. Redskins. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Raiders, yeah. Well, <laughs> Antonio Brown's been better. Oh, pesky jo- pesky John Gruden yeah. tampering with us again. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, first of all, trading for coaches. I know people talk about this all the time, but is there, has it ever even really happened? Is it, is it technically yeah, it illegal? Happened. Yeah. How does it work? Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. Because it's trying to drop, okay. But a, co- a coach isn't like a player. I mean, a coach has a bit more weight in terms of if a coach doesn't want to go somewhere, they can just turn around and say no, you know. <laughs> um, I, I think they're still under um, the GM, right? And the GM. Made. What's that? Sorry. Uh, the, the 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 general manager makes can make a trade of the head coach because the general manager is above the head coach in the hierarchy. I understand that, yeah, but but the play like players. Uh, Almost. I mean, so you've, we've seen that he doesn't have Bill to Belichick. happen. I've just Googled head coach. Bill Belichick was traded. Oh, really? Hang on. I don't know. It just I seems like a bit, of, a bit of a weird move. The, the Browns. People are was talking it? about, um, you know, would we, would you accept a, a first, a second, a third for Mike Tomlin? I mean, it just seems like crazy talk. Um, I, mean, I mean, it's not going to happen. No, no, it isn't. Uh, but also, it, it, let's imagine a fantasy scenario where it was going to happen. Uh, at what point would you let Mike Tomlin go if they came around and said oh here's a first round pick would you be keen well I mean everyone's got a price <laughs> Robert Crafters I'm, I'm, I'm happy to keep Tomlin around yeah I, 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 I am I'm, yeah you know, I, I don't see any reason to be active to get rid of him I think yeah, I mean the there's only... there's no obvious candidates is there to it it's not like there's yeah. you know it's like a you know Randy's not ready to step up nor is no but so you'd be looking outside and who is there? There's no one, really. It's not like Sean McVay sitting there or, I don't know. So, yeah, just, I, just a weird one. Uh, I just like wanted to, a suicide move. I just wanted to mention that because that's gained a lot of Do you want the list of, of coaches that have been trying to I got yeah. it now. So it's Bill, Bill Bennett, New York Jets to New England, 2000. John Gruden, Raiders to Tampa Bay. That worked out quite well. Herm Edwards, New York Jets to Kansas City. Mike Holmgren, Packers to Seahawks, and Bill Parcells. I thought it was Bill Parcells, yeah. Patriots to Jets in 1997. Oh, fair enough. Well, maybe it's happened more than I thought then. It just seems like a weird one to me, because I feel like if a coach didn't want to go, they could just... They, they have more power than a, than a player, I suppose, is what I'm saying. Um, so, in that Bill Parcells trade, Patriots... Blah, 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 sorry. Uh, Patriots gave, gave the Patriots the Jets' third and fourth round pick 
in set 97, a second round pick in 98, a first round in 99, and the Jets also donated $300,000 to a Patriots charity. <laughs> well, okay. Well, fair enough. Um, but all the picks. Probably the the best trade ever made was to get Belichick. <laughs> well, what's that? The Patriots were awarded the Jets' fifth round pick, seventh round pick. Yeah. That was... Doesn't, hasn't uh, Mark Sessler gone on a big rant about the Bill Belichick moving from Browns and then getting traded from Jet? Did you ever read that? He oh, the big one, the, the kind of yeah. the big piece. Open letter thing, yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't read that, but um, no, I do remember the one that you're talking about. Um, well, you know, so be it. If it happens, it happens, but I think it's very, very unlikely. Um, was it just that he, his name was mentioned and that's it? Yeah, There's most not, likely. not it. been any talks. I mean, that's what it feels like. It's yeah. just... And Mike Tomlin dismissed it when he was asked about it. So uh, it's a storm in a teacup, but it's got the yinzers riled up. So uh, I thought I'd mention it. Um, if we talk just before we move on yeah, to the yeah. uh, on to the charges, I, I wanted to well, not much to talk about, but um, the bungles. The uh, Paul Brown Stadium was bloody empty on Sunday. I don't blame him. From the looks of things. Is there going to come a point where no one shows up to a bungle? <laughs> Not a single person. Just crying Bengals lady. But yeah, it's just her. Yeah. Crying. <laughs> oh, the, the Bengals are... It's almost worse than the, the Dolphins and the um, the Redskins and whatnot because it almost feels like there's no hope. They're just yeah. perennially... You know, a good season is just, you know, finishing second in the division. I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of this experiment with the new coach who, was, you know, shook hands with Sean McVay. Um... Yeah, it's a very depressing team. I, I couldn't imagine being a Bengals fan. When, when your your season ticket holders are just not showing up, and they they can't even sell it on to someone who wants a cheap ticket. Yeah, it, times are pretty bad. So, well, yeah. I don't feel sorry for them after the no. uh, <laughs> the aforementioned <laughs> game that we talked about last week. Um, cool. So if we talk a bit about the Chargers Steelers game, uh, it's on Sunday night football. Uh, obviously, uh, Sunday night football were too slow to flex this game out. I was uh, going to say, yeah, is it a candidate for flexing, or is it, or can they not, they not flex out until so a certain point in the season? I can't remember. No, so they can flex this out. So we've passed the point where they can't flex a game out. However, they have to give enough time, and they, they would have had to flex it out before this week started. So they, obviously, they didn't know about the Devlin Hodges starting issue, um, and they didn't know the Chargers would lose to the Broncos or we'd lose to the Ravens. So, um, yeah, I think obviously, if you ask them now, they probably want to flex this game, but unfortunately, they're stuck with it, and and we're stuck with. Uh, a late night game to watch Devlin Hodges start for the Steelers against the Chargers um, at Dignity Health Sports Park, which is now the worst named stadium in the whole league. Yeah, um, and the worst home stadium in the league. I mean, yeah. even, <laughs> I, I imagine it's going to be like Heinz Field, you know, 2.0. It's going to be more terrible towels than blue, I think. Probably. But uh, what was I going to say about the the? We've got, we've got a blooper. Yeah, we've got a blooper. <laughs> no, there's no bloopers this <laughs> week. I refuse to allow it, Gav. Um, so, uh, in terms of what to kind of expect from this game, it's a battle of the brothers. We've got uh, Mark Pouncey and Derek Watt. Uh, obviously, brothers of uh, TJ Watt and Marquise Pouncey. So, that'll be something to watch. Although, uh, Mark Pouncey's questionable um, on the injury report. So, we'll see if, if he plays. Um, but, just a bit of a weird one that we've got two sets of brothers uh, on the two teams playing against one another. Um we're opening up as six-point underdogs in the desert. Um, Chargers uh, obviously had a poor showing against the Broncos last week. Um, tried to bring it back, but 
uh, just didn't have the gas to get there. Um, another kind of injury-ridden team, and feels like we always talk about injuries with the Chargers, but unfortunately they are. Um, uh, Inman, the receiver, who, who started off quite well, has obviously gone to IR, uh, along with the great safety over there, whose name escapes me, because um, he got injured too long ago, and the season's taken oh, me over yeah. now. Um, so, you know, another team that's that's injury-ridden and, and withered, but... You know, it's still a team that in the preseason people had a lot of hope about, and I feel like it's been that way for a few years. And you know, Philip Rivers obviously drafted the same year as Big Ben, still slinging it, and, and always gives that team a chance. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll open it up to you guys. What, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, it's kind of back to be what I was going to say is when you're talking about it being flexed out, but actually it might be quite a good game because it's it's as uh, Dan Hanzus likes to say, it's the corner. Both both team are cornered animals. Yeah, cornered animals. Both, yeah, yeah so it, it'll be a good matchup, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, you know, there'll be a lot to talk about as well with Devlin starting his first game and maybe we'll get one of those like 49er games last season when that uh, random kid nobody had ever heard of won that game out of the blue. Um, I can't remember his name now, but he was the third quarterback for the 49ers who ended up starting a game last year. Um, I can't remember. But... Uh, I, I reached out, I've got a, a friend of mine's a Chargers fan hmm. and I just, I just sent him a text saying, what's, uh, what's going on, how are you feeling about this game? He, he, he's pretty pissed. He's pretty beat off with this franchise, and he, he, he said he sent back um, Rivers throwing like he's a drunk. Uh, fire, <laughs> fire Anthony Lynn question mark. Fire Twitter admin team. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> did Did you do any research on what the Twitter admin team has been up to? Yeah, obviously. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? He said apparently the 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 Chargers kind of Twitter team was tweeting out highlights of five-yard runs when they were 17 points in the hole against the Broncos and the whole fan base was just going mad like who is doing this get this guy off the Twitter oh, so he dear. was more angry about that I think yeah I don't know how I feel about the Anthony Linux for him and it seems to have just gone downhill in in, in the second season in charge um Gus Bradley uh after spending time with the Jags taking over the defense so you know, you'd have thought that would be uh, something to hold your hat on, but to give up 17 points in the first quarter or the first half, sorry, to to Joe Flacco of all people, I mean, um, disappointing to say the least. Yeah, and I then, saw some slightly more prescient uh, insight into it. Said how to beat the Chargers. One, this was somewhere else, not from my friend. Blitz best pass rushes against T. Vile Scott. Two, <laughs> run up the middle. Three, let the Chargers' mistakes handle the rest. <laughs> yeah, it almost sounds like a Steelers game. <laughs> yeah, two uh, equally matched depressed franchises. <laughs> it does remind me of a great game, if you remember, though. What, the, this was the game where Livion Bell sort of stretched across the line at the last minute, um, or the last second, I should say, against the Chargers to win that, if you remember that, in, in prime time. Oh, going, going towards the pylon. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, that was one of the best moments. I remember just standing up and, and screaming at that moment. Um, but yeah, neither team, both teams were on a downward trajectory. Uh, from where we were back then, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, just a bit of a, I think it'd be a fun game, but but maybe just not one with great stakes, which I suppose is the biggest problem with a Sunday night football game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it, it's going to come down to forcing those turnovers, which I don't think we're going to have a real issue with going yeah. off previous uh, experience, but capitalising on, which we've been unable to do. So maybe this is the time to do it. Yeah, I think I don't think the defense is going to have a great problem. Uh, hopefully, you know they don't they're not swimming in in offensive talent. Um, they weren't able to put points up last week, and and I think that the defense has proven that if we can get turnovers against a team like this, like as your friend said, Gav, then um, 
we'll let the Chargers' mistakes speak for themselves. And, and most of this game is probably going to be about making sure we don't make Devlin Hodges win us the game. I think, uh, you know, as long as we can win in other ways and maybe be inventive again. I know I've, I've kind of complained the last couple of weeks about that kind of play calling and we've lost Jalen Samuels for the week, but... Um, I, I really hope that this is not another repeat of what happened with uh, with Mason, where he came, came on in the... Um, was it the third quarter he came on yeah. in replacement of Ben? Yeah. Where he looked great and then not so great in the next game. This isn't a repeat of that. I hope that they let um, Definitely. Hodges yeah. come out and do his thing and just be that comfortable passer, letting him really do what he's good at. And yeah. 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 yeah I mean, it's know, when they've got a week to think about it, isn't it? It's very different to suddenly being activated. You're off the bench, you're into the game. You've got no time to sort of sit there and worry about it. But, you know, he's got a week to kind of get into his head. He's a starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's only just made the team in the summer, you know, so it's going to be a big, it's, it's going to be a tough test for him, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously he's got Joey Bosa. Is Joey Bosa healthy? He is, isn't he? He's not. Yeah. I know he's down yeah, yeah, nice. these days. And... Ingram that's out. Right. Oh, Ingram. oh, yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, because that was quite a nice duo before the season started. Um, so that's something to deal with. But, you know, our offensive line can, can take care of it. I think the main thing is just not letting mistakes from a you know a third-round undrafted rookie quarterback um, cost us this game, really. Uh you know, we've, I've kind of talked myself into us winning this game now. Um, I, I have. I, yeah, the more I've looked, sort of thought about this game, I've started to think that the Steelers are going to walk it, which is maybe a really bad mistake. Yeah, I don't Because they, they have got offensive. You know, they've got Eckler, they've got Gordon who's come back. Uh, Allen didn't feature in the last game and he's been moaning and sort of not hinting at a trade, but, you know, making noises. And Who's, I think that? Who's that, sorry? Keenan Allen. And oh, okay. I think they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll look to get the ball to him. Yeah, but what they don't have is the real kind of uh, tight end receiving threat that has kind of hurt the Steelers the last couple of games. So that's something. Yeah, I think Hunter Henry's still injured, is he? Yeah, yeah. he's out. And um, Virgil Green is it? Virgil Green? Yeah, Virgil Green and Lance Kendricks. I mean, neither of those are particularly scary tight ends. Mm. Both had one target for one. Yeah, one target in the last game. Yeah. So, but they, but they but they've got the um, the fullback. You mentioned Derek Watt. They've got that. And the Steelers struggled with that again with use check. So I think TJ will keep him. TJ will keep him in check. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I tell you, that's actually one thing I just quickly want to mention. Um, I know we've finished talking about the Ravens game, but you know, I suppose it applies to this one as well. Um, how quick is TJ looking off the line? Oh, um, he's dominating. He's looking he's totally dominating. You know, in the run game and the pass game, he's just he's just firing off that. I know he kind of got stiff armed in this game, which was you know a bit of a highlight reel, one to laugh about in the locker room after, but. Um, just frankly, like beast, you know, not not saying he's JJ Watt level quite yet, but uh, yeah, you can just see the work ethic that's there in this family in general, can't you? Yeah, I mean, he's different to JJ Watt, isn't he? He's yeah, of totally he's a faster kind of yeah, speed rusher, twitchy guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I suppose in all in this game, um, are, are we picking the Steelers? What are you kind of pick for this one? I think a low scorer. Yeah. You know, it could be like a 10-7 kind of, you know, drudgery fest. Yeah, Both absolutely. teams failing on offense. But I think you've got to watch out for their... They've got um, a great uh, special teams return game. They've got Desmond King, who yeah. ripped one against the Steelers last year. And then they've also got this guy, Tremaine Pope, that had a couple of good returns against the um, Broncos as well. Yeah. So they've got two weapons there against the Steelers, zero in that part of the game. Yeah, we nearly gave oh, one not... up in the Ravens game as well that went all the way to the 40-yard the line. And I think that King uh, kid took one to the house in this game against the Broncos, didn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good shot. I think it'll be a big 
scorer if we can get that red zone offense sorted out. Because mm. we're convert. I mean, stat of we're converting in the red zone at forty-one point six percent, which yeah. is twenty-ninth in the league. Yeah, it's nowhere near good enough to win games. Yeah, not benefiting from the turnovers, not not completing it in the red zone, and the run game can't get us first downs. I think I think James Connor and Benny Snell need to put up a big game in this one. Um, I mean, I, I'm slightly concerned if if Mason can't go, but it doesn't look like he will. I don't think he will. Hodges, and then you know, we, where do we go if if Hodges has a a stinker? Do we go to Paxton Lynch? Yeah, well, as of yet, I imagine a move will be made, but as of yet, that hasn't been made. So it probably will be Paxton Lynch. We released the other guy that was on our practice squad, the, the quarterback. So um, I think... Chris, Christian, was it? Yeah. Something Christian. Yeah. He was only signed a week before, so I'm not 100% sure. I can't even remember exactly what his name was. But um, yeah, Paxton Lynch, I imagine, will be um, on the bench. Is um, it time to bring up that quarterback whose name begins with K? <laughs> I wondered if anyone would bring this up. Uh, so, uh, in the weeks prior to this, I've defended this because obviously, whenever a quarterback goes down this league, everyone's straight away, Kaepernick, Kaepernick, Kaepernick. But uh, I've said, well, listen, I like Devlin Hodges. He knows the system. He's, he's he showed promise. Why would you sign Kaepernick when you've got a guy ready to go here who's on the backup? But now, when you're in a situation where we've got a guy that we signed last week um, backing up, a guy who's a third round, uh, sorry, an undrafted third string quarterback. Maybe now is the time that... <laughs> I mean, he's the best guy out there, isn't he? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, and the Steelers seem like the kind of team that would do it. I mean, we brought Mike Vick in, you know, uh, in the in the last stage of his career. And um, Art Rooney seemed pretty pr- progressive in, term, in terms of ownership. Oh, absolutely. Steelers were the first team to have a black quarterback. Uh, exactly, yeah. And of course, the, yeah, the, the Rooney yeah. rule, obviously, with the, yeah. the black coaching candidates. So... In a time when it was very, very much frowned upon in the kind of coaching fraternity, they bucked that trend. So you know, it's, it's a PR thing. Yeah. I mean, his play wasn't great in the, like, his last season, was it? And that kind of compounded his woes. But, but he is out there. Does he give you the best chance to win of any quarterback on the street right now? Who else is there? Exactly. No one. No. I couldn't name you a single quarterback that that. I'm confident could win a game in the NFL that's on the street right now. Do you, do you trade for Hoyer? I mean, that's so no, depressing. No, no. Do not trade away a pick for a quarterback, please. I'd rather start Paxton Lynch. <laughs> well, you haven't seen him play yet. <laughs> First round pedigree, man. First round pedigree. Um, well, we've seen Jalen Samuels try and pass. And oh, that dear God, yeah. It. Please, let's not have an emergency. Well, even our emergency quarterback's down now, so God knows who's the who's the emergency quarterback now. It's not Heath Miller anymore. He's gone. Who is it? What happened to Bruce Kodkowski? Is he, he's long gone, is he? Oh, God, that's a good question. We can't get Jarvis Landry because he's in the XFL. Um, you mean Landry Jones? Oh, thank you. I do this every week. Somebody's name gets messed up with another guy who's name sounds like, Why would we have a wide receiver? <laughs> Landry Jones, sorry, yeah. Um, laundry basket. Um, it's, do you know what this is like? This is like you, you kind of got a, a hot date or a wedding coming up. And then your girlfriend dumps you the night before, and you're quickly like flicking through your book of like girls that you've like you know been out with before. Oh, who can Is we this call? Sounds, oh, no, no, no. sounds very personal. Oh, my girlfriend listens to this podcast. That's that. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a strange reference to go to. It wouldn't be my yeah. You went there, not yeah, us. That time when I was desperate trying to go through my phone book. <laughs> Listen, you're a couple of married guys. It's a different life for you. <laughs> Uh, right, cool. Before we go off on too much of a tangent, um, anything else on this game or can we, can we move on to our topics for this week? 
Nah, go I'm ahead. happy to move on. All right, cool. I'll, I'll go first then, because uh, I'm sure you two will scramble to think of something because you probably forgot. Um, that was a shot I took at you. I don't know whether it's true. Yeah, or it's all right. It's taken it. Let's just yeah, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't it you that? Anyway, anyway, fine. <laughs> That's what I was hoping you'd say. Um, we are guests after all, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I wanted to quickly talk about uh, the MVP award. Um, now I don't think anyone on the Steelers is going to win it, unfortunately, this year. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the early contenders for it after five weeks and also kind of what the MVP award means to you guys because I know a lot of people argue about what it is and, and what it means to them. Um, now, obviously, quarterbacks are the only uh, the only position that wins it anymore. Uh, it feels like, you know, I, I can't even think, I can't remember the last person who won it that wasn't a quarterback. Um, but it's I think it was a running back and it's not been a wide receiver for, for, for donkey's years. Um, and obviously defensive players don't even get a look in. Um but this season, the reason I bring this up is Christian McCaffrey is a god. Mm. Um, he's the best running back I've seen since I've started watching football. He's so dynamic. He's just, I mean, what he can do in the past game. I think back to Le'Veon Bell, I thought he was good. I mean, Jesus. But more than anything, he's he might not be um, the best player in the league, because you might argue that's Mahomes or, or Brady or whatever the case might be. But I think he is the most valuable um, I think the Panthers would be windless without Christian McCaffrey, frankly. Uh, he absolutely carries that team, um, especially with Cam out. But even when Cam was there, without Christian McCaffrey, you know that team goes through him. He's the face of that franchise, I think, um, since Cam's gone out. So uh, I suppose what I wanted to ask was, was most valuable player, what, what does that mean to you? Can a non-quarterback win it? Or do you think it should be a quarterback because they're by definition the most valuable? Uh, and who do you guys think will win it this year? To be a yeah. bit more, bit, be a bit boring, I'd have gone with McCaffrey as well. Um, but at the same time, MVP to me doesn't mean an awful lot because, like you say, it is it's quarterbacks and mm. it's, it ignores a whole lot of other stuff that goes on in a game to win to win a game. Mm. And it's you know it's described as the ultimate team game, and a quarterback on his own won't win the game. So yeah, it overlooks a lot of talented players, a lot of big playmakers. And, um, I'd, yeah. I'd argue that Pat Mahomes last year was quite deserving of that. I mean, he came absolutely. in, it's his second season and it just tore it up. Yeah, absolutely. Did, I agree. Things we've not seen before and yeah. it was exciting and, what, and, you know, brought the Chiefs back into major relevance from where they were. Now, the three, so. the three names being linked with the MVP and I know it's very early and, and everything can change, but the three names being linked with it right now are obviously Mahomes, who's the favourite, uh, Russell Wilson, who's the kind of the trendy pick, and then McCaffrey, who's the pick for everyone who doesn't want to pick a quarterback. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Russell Wilson's playing out of his mind right now as well. And, I, and I've always liked Russell Wilson. I think it goes back to me sort of really enjoying the Seahawks teams when I was first getting into football. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that Mahomes is just out of this world, and I think he probably does win it again if you were to ask me to put money on it. But... Uh, I don't know, I just thought I'd see what you guys thought and whether most valuable to you means the same thing that it means to me and I think sometimes they lose sight of that. Yeah, I mean, I was just looking back, it's been, it was 2006, LT won it okay. and then the year before that, Sean Alexander won it hmm. and then you look, it's like 2000, Marshall Falk, 98, Terrell Davis, Barry Sanders, I mean, yeah, it's, but it's, apart from that, it's all quarterbacks, like you say. I mean, if you remember a few seasons ago, people were arguing that Antonio Brown should have won it until he was knocked out of that game against... Uh, uh, and it all started it going wrong. Yeah. Bengals. Bengals, yeah. He got knocked out maybe like three games before the end of the season and then people kind of let go of it. But um, people were talking about him maybe being the MVP. So, 
yeah, I think maybe they should open it up a little bit. And I'm, I think it probably should be a quarterback most of the time. But Christian McCaffrey needs to have a look in this season because what he's doing on a game-to-game basis, I haven't seen any non-quarterback do uh, in, in all my time. No, yeah, it's hard to argue with it. I mean, yeah, he's a great player. Just yeah. complete running back, passing threat, everything. I'm very envious of the Panthers. <laughs> I've been that guy on the TV. He's so fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, but you knew in that draft, you're just watching all the all the sort of highlights of him in college, just thinking yeah. this guy is incredible. Yeah. Uh, and everyone was, that, was asking, can he run between the tackles? Well, he's proven, yeah. he's proven that he yeah. can. <laughs> Red zone now, threat. You could argue as well that if Barkley was on a, a better team and not injured, of course, that he'd potentially be up there. Yeah, it's a good show. And Kamara as well. If you know his season, they're, they're, that team season's kind of ended almost, isn't it? Because of the injury to Breeze. Uh, I but don't know. He's, he's, Breeze is he's playing back. to that. Kamara has been playing to that sort of level as well. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I, I thought that was a, just a quick sort of check in yeah. on, on the MVP no, race, and and you know we'll pick that back up again towards the end of the season. But so, so the award started in '75, and it's only been won by one defensive player. Ooh, can we name the player? Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. Is it going to be someone that comes to my mind or is it obscure? No, it would be the first player that you think of. Oh. Uh... No, I can't think of anyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a really tough question then. Who, who was it, Dave? It's in 86. Have you got any guesses, Dave? I've gotten mine. Yeah, my brain gone blank as well. Oh, I, other LT, I tried to... I tried... Oh, I tried to throw Dave under the bus there. He <laughs> <laughs> <You> did it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, uh, Lawrence Taylor. Fair enough. Cool. Okay. Uh, Who's going to get mentioned in my question? So, should we segue yeah, over to... Yeah, there you go. What a segue. It was, um, yeah, I'm getting better at this. You should be the um, host. <laughs> no, 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 I really shouldn't. Um, it's, the other day, I mentioned I, I dropped a reference on you about... Uh, Tyler Cherubini going down and, and Willie Beeman coming in in relief of him and you had no idea what I was talking about. I still don't. Um, <laughs> I still don't. Dave, do you, know, is, did you get that reference? No, it's kind of in my head, mate. Okay, so neither of you get that. Okay, fine. So it's, it's uh, from the film um, Any Given Sunday, which oh, I think yeah. is the best, best American football movie ever made, with a close second being maybe uh, We Are Marshall. But I just wondered what your guys' favourite... Uh, NFL or American football movies are. Right, this isn't my favourite, but I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Draft Day. <laughs> so I enjoyed that. That was right, a good one. Thank you, because everyone hates on this film, and obviously Mark Sessler gets absolutely destroyed for uh, his quote on the film, you know, filled filled with heart from start to finish. Uh, and if we ever we, <laughs> if we ever manage to get Mark Sessler as a guest on this podcast, do not mention that. because um, it seems to be the one thing that really riles him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're shooting for the moon there. That would be what is that? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, yeah, that'd be a, a big fish, real in the big fish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, football movies. Um, uh, I quite liked. Uh, in, is it Invincible uh, about the Eagles? Uh, the, the guy who was the walk-on for the Eagles. That was quite a good film. Um, I've seen that one. I'll have to write it. Yeah, down. yeah, right. It's quite. It's quite. When did that come one. out? Uh, oh, it's a good question. Probably sometime in the mid two thousands. Okay. Um, I also quite liked, and again, another film that gets destroyed, but I just like anything that involves American football. Um, Concussion. I thought that was all right, yeah. Which, which and it was obviously had Mike Webster, the yeah. Mike Webster story, which you had to sort of enjoy watching. But I could watch Will Smith try and do his South African accent all day. Or was it Nigerian? I, yeah, that, that's oh, was it point. Nigerian? It, oh. it was awful. <laughs> yeah, that accent. you can tell. You're a bad age, you're a bad age. Dave? Um, I'm a bit ashamed to say probably young, uh, Longest Yard. Oh, God. 
That's kind of a bad film. It's it's an awful film, but there's a few funny moments in it. I, I like I like comedies and stuff. But I've I've probably read more uh, books than I have um, watched movies. Yeah. Um, sort of just like not even like um, things based around fiction. Just just um, you know, factual books. I'm yeah. reading like through Steeler's history books and what have you. And... We get it, Dave. You're an intellectual. <laughs> well, I won't go that far. <laughs> Calm down. No, but um, probably the favourite one that I've read is probably Steel of the Nation, which was a recommend- recommendation from Jason, our fearless leader. Um, great, yeah, just a great book of a guy touring around, um, visiting people from uh, players' families and what have you, and looking into their background and, and stuff. It's really, really interesting sort of insight into... into um, Sort of high school football and how they sort of come through that and into college football. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, cool. Um, one other quick shout out as well as you moved it away from movies a bit. Um, I know Friday Night Lights is a movie, but Friday Night Lights is a TV show. Um, awesome show. Is um, that really about American football? Yeah. What do you mean? It's literally about American football. That's what it's about. It's it, uh, I, I can't. You know, I've only watched one episode and I, I didn't want to watch the second one. What? It's a great and it film. Just fa- Really? That show, sorry. Okay. Uh, it just felt like it was not made for me. I don't know. Maybe clear, I'm not. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have that as a sticker on the back of this laptop that's recording this podcast right now. Oh, uh, okay, so sacrilege I'm, I'm doing here. <laughs> no, honestly, it's a really, really, really good show. Um, I think it wanes it a little just, bit. Is it just a kind of drama made for young girls? No, oh, not at all. I think you no. got that wrong. I, I know what you're I saying be, because it's set in a, in a kind of a high school environment, but but it's not really about. It's not like a high school drama. It's more of like a, about this football team and about the backup quarterback that has to come in because the the starter gets injured and and the story of him and some of the guys around it. It is a drama, yeah. It's not obviously there's the story to it, and it's not just about football, but it, it's heavily centered around this football team and uh, the coach plays a great part. Who's obviously gone on to be quite a big actor. You know, he's in Godzilla and, and stuff. So. Um, Oh, give that another try, maybe. But, but okay, well, yeah. okay. But then, how come you guys haven't watched any given Sunday? Which is I, I, yeah, I'm I'm gonna get to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. What's, right. what's put you, sorry? What's put you off though? No, nothing. I, nothing. I just haven't. Right. Uh, I just haven't got around to. It. I do mean to. I, I did mean to watch it for quite a while. Because you've got quite a few cameos from like old players, and you've got Dennis Quaid playing the sort of quarterback that goes down, and you got Jim Brown and Lawrence Taylor in there. It's great. Uh, the last thing that's tangentially, um, you got me onto TV shows now, that's tangentially connected to American football that you should all watch uh, is Ballers. I haven't seen that. Um, now, I love The Rock. I mean, I could watch The Rock do anything for an hour, but Ballers is, is so it's so funny and it's so smart and it's just so cool just to watch this. I mean, I'm sure it's probably not like this, but it's basically, if anyone doesn't know, it's basically about The Rock and he's a sports agent in Miami. He's an ex-football player. Um, and he's he basically goes around Miami representing uh, footballers. Um, a lot again, a lot of real cameos. Terrell Suggs in it is in it a lot, and, and a lot of other people. And um, it's just a really, really, really good show. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Um, so last chance you as well. That was another good oh, one. Last chance you a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I can sit and I sat and binge that in like a couple of days. It's good. We've really hijacked. Uh, Gav's film topic. Yeah, it's a, yeah. <laughs> great TV series. <laughs> Sorry, Gav. What was your? That's all right. Is, was that your favourite film? Any given Sunday? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's great. I love it. It does. It does hype things up. You know, everything's kind of bigger 
there's a couple of moments in there that you, you just think that would never happen. But yeah. that's that's you know that's Hollywood. But yeah. it's great. It's a really great film. Cool. Well, I, I will give that a watch. Uh, maybe it's an off-season project. We can all watch it and then come have a, have a chat about the film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dave, right. what's your topic for the week? Um, sort of getting away from American football a little bit. Are, are you guys involved or have played even um, any other sports or even including American football? Is that it? Um, I, I, I've never been much cop at sport. I mean, I peaked for the Astley Bridge under nines um, when I played centre-back and scored two goals against other eight-year-olds. Um, but I did play for the uh, York Centurions for, for a year um, at, at university, so that was American football. I played running back and, and a little bit of cornerback as well. Um, I wasn't much good, like, <laughs> but it, it was more about sort of being on the team, and it, you know it was good fun, sort of just um, going along to games and going on to training. Uh, I did what I won game in Bradford against the Bradford Bears, and um, it was the, the most sopping wet day you've ever seen in your entire life. And then the ambulance didn't show up because obviously they're not allowed to play a game without an ambulance being on the site. Um, so we had to stand in the rain for half an hour waiting, then go back to the uh, the changing rooms because the ambulance didn't show up for too long. And then they, they rang the guy's mum who drove the ambulance, who said he was running late. And it, it was just classic um, Bwaffle, if anyone knows um, British University oh. American Football League. A classic Bwaffle situation. Um, but it was just good fun, you know. Sounds pretty tragic. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> and we weren't a good team either. Dave, <laughs> um, have you ever played, Dave? I've never played. I I, I think I'd be, I'm far too fragile. I'm uh, I've I've got a, a bad back, bad everything at the minute. So I I think I'd uh, I'd fall a bit if I tried to play. Yeah. I've always been tempted though. Um, it is good. But... For, maybe try flag if you're tempted because I played that for a while. Unfortunately, it was it was a little bit far away from me. It was the closest teams in Rotherham. Um, so I played that for again, which from... is practically Sheffield, right? As we were, practically, uh... which which is practically Sheffield. Um, so I played for the Rotherham Roosters for a little while, and and that was great fun as well because it was like kind of like American football, but without you know all the hits and the tackling, which you know that's what some people want. But if you just want to kind of do it a little bit more casually, then um, flag football is a cool way to do that. Yeah, I mean, I I played a little bit of bit of rugby and stuff, um, but so I'd probably I don't know because I'm I'm a bit of a and I know you might not believe me, but I'm a bit of a I tend to see red. And get I'm a bit of a hothead at times. So you're one of those better, better as a linebacker or something like that. I don't know. I can see Bad that loser. You're one of those <laughs> that seems super calm and mellow on the same surface, and as soon as someone says something, you just flip. I do. I do. I've, I've had many a running with people on the underground in London. <laughs> you, you wouldn't believe the the, the intercations I've got into. Wow. But no, yeah, I played a bit of rugby, a bit of cricket. Um, but my main love was um, archery. Oh. I've um for quite a long time. I've um but mostly I I, I used to shoot um target archery. So what what you'd sort of see in the Olympics, hmm. and that sort of became a bit boring because it's just sort of if you can man, there's a skill to it, but you can you're essentially shooting a rifle, um which is a bit boring. So I moved away from that and went into more traditional archery, which suited my beard. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, I've I've sort of stuck with that, which is a, a part of the reason I've sort of fell in love with Brett Kiesel as well, because he's a fellow uh, archer. Is there, he's still doing the archery then? I up until three years ago, when my son was born, I had to stop because the my nearest um, field archery, which is what I do, um, nearest club is about a half hour drive away and what have you, and with working 
full time for myself. I never really had the time to do it. So now I had to stop, um, which which is a bit gutting, really. But I, I want to teach my son to shoot, which is um, something I really, really want to do when he's old enough. Is there like a kind of funny culture around traditional archery that involves medieval fairs and battle reenactments? There is. You kind of get sucked into. Yeah. So do you get involved in that? Are you down no. like whittling wood down at the country fair? <laughs> I've been invited, but I think um, it's a little bit too nerdy for me. He can't go without his coat. It's too cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the sort of whole medieval fair thing went a bit too far for me, I'm afraid. Getting, once, once I've got to get geared up in old-fashioned leather armour, it's a bit too kinky as well for me. That. Yeah, <laughs> talking about mead and stuff, it just all seems a bit, I don't know. Yeah, it seems a bit cultish to me when I've I've got some relatives up north and you get dragged around these things and just thinking these guys are weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, on that note, um... well, I didn't actually make my point. <laughs> oh, sorry, so. sorry. Right, I, I let Dave go because I wanted to hear. But we we learned a lot about his archery. It's very interesting. Um, uh, I've not really ever played. I've played a couple of times very casually. Uh, I got knocked out of a game. In, on the beach in San Diego when I tried to tackle someone who knew a lot more about what they were doing than me and ended up kneeing me in the eye. And I just, that was enough for me. I got a big swelling. It's quite interesting when you, you think you, you through watching American football, you instantly know how to play it. Yeah, that's really And then true. You, you get a very harsh lesson that you do not have the instincts that you think you do. And yep. someone that's been playing it when they were six just instantly can read your every move and just totally obliterate you. That's completely right because I remember like in the in the classroom when I first joined the American Football Club and what what have you uh, obviously a lot of other people that had first started and you know, on freshers week and whatnot didn't really know anything about the game so you know I felt like the cock of the walk you know I walked in and I was like oh yeah, listen I know all the rules I know all the penalties look at me and then you know you actually get on the field and realize that your pursuit angle is, is actually uh, 5 meters behind the player who's just run past you um, yeah, and just uh, just a simple thing of running at someone with an object. Yeah, someone that knows how to do that. Yeah, and you're and you're going right. I need to stop this guy, and then you're the one that gets hurt because they just run into you. They know how to collapse themselves and and kind of where to aim their shoulder into you. Yeah, you've got no idea. You're just like a, a big lump of flesh that's just in the way, and you get hurt. Yeah, as it, I found it, out. it's a hard old game, but um, uh, like I say, a lot of camaraderie around it. I found more than any other sport I've ever played uh, because of the size of the team and the kind of guys that, that tend to play it. Because obviously, you know, it's not the most popular sport in the UK, but the people that are into it are really into it. So, um, yeah, I found it really enjoyable whenever I played. Yeah. And then the other thing, which although I actually haven't done it for about a year for certain other things going on, but uh, for 10 years I've been doing Wing Chun Kung Fu, which um, through that and some other stuff, I've met. Uh, this friend of mine, Rich, Stuntman Rich, who um, hopefully we're going to try and get on as a guest next week, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. In yeah. a bye week. Um, so we got that in common. So we, we, I, met, I met Rich on, because um, I, I work in film and TV and, and he's a stuntman. And um, we uh, we had a lot in common because he's a big Steelers guy and he's um, uh, a Wing Chun guy. So we had a lot to talk about. But uh, we'll get into that hopefully next week if we can get, get him on. But he's an interesting chap. Yeah. Forgive my naivety, but... What's Wing Chun? Uh, Wing Chun's like, uh, they call it the, the system of fighting in toilets. So it's... <laughs> Sounds useful. It's, it's the art of fighting without fighting. So you're, you're, it's very close quarters. It's sort of what Bruce Lee came out of, kind of. It's, sort of, it's of Chinese boxing. It's not very flashy. It's just, it's, 
it's how to fight when you're already in contact. So it's not spinning kicks and crane stuff that you associate with Kung Fu. It's just, it's just Chinese boxing, basically, is the way to think about it. Kind of throwing guys down and, and stuff, right? uh, trying to hit them. More controlling their, their sort of strength and not fighting it with strength, but just redirecting it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if you've seen the film. Uh, you should watch the film Ip Man. I P M A N. It's a great film, and that kind of that kind of shows Wing Chun at its best. If you haven't oh, seen it, it's a great when, kung fu movie. When is Stuntman Rich coming on again? Sorry, remind me because we're uh, hopefully coming on because we, we, I'm sure we can get into a deeper conversation about you know what he does for a living as well and that. Yeah, uh, that'll be in the bye week. Hopefully, in the bye week. Cool. Uh, he's in. Yeah, he's in. A, he's in America, so obviously yeah. we'll try and sort of organise time differences. Hopefully, but he's up for it. He wants to come on. Cool. So we've got that to look forward to. Uh, I'm also talking to a few other people. I know Stuart Love wants to come on, and we're hoping to get him on in advance of one of the Browns games that he's attending at Hinesfield. Um, Sorry, I probably should explain why Rich is coming on, which is not only is he is this he's a Hollywood stuntman and a friend of mine, but he's also he's a massive Steelers fan, and he was in the crowd at the um, Immaculate Reception. Yeah, which as is a kid. cool. So we'll, we'll be sure to talk cool. to him. About I've, that. I've already talked to him about that a few times, but I, I want I like hearing that story yeah. and, and all that all goes around that. So yeah, that'd be why he'd be coming on. Cool, awesome. So lot to look forward to. Um, we better wrap it up there because I'm already getting um, masses of tweets from our loyal legion of fans um, asking when the next one's uploaded, which means I've received one tweet. Um, yeah, it's all like girlfriends. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come, come on, hurry up. That's enough. Um, cool. So we'll wrap it up there. Obviously, thanks to First and Ten as always for uh, helping us set this podcast up and, and having us uh, be a part of their network. Um, so go check out First and Ten um, for all your general NFL leads and the First and Ten podcast for for some more general NFL talk. Um, you can find me at Si Wrote This or the podcast at UK Steelers Fans. Uh, 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 sorry, at UK Steelers Pod, <laughs> and um, obviously uh, Dave and Gavin are miserable old men and don't want you to find them. Hang on, I'll, I'll give it a go. Oh, oh, oh wow, we've got a social media expert on. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dip my toe back into the Twitterverse again and see what happens. Love it. What, what, what's the, what's the Twitter handle then, Dave? It's uh, at this is Dave Hart. Oh. <laughs> which is completely it unoriginal. Like a, it sounds like a sort of '80s radio DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's the... I haven't got a mullet, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, believe it or not, mullet was my nickname on the American football team. Um, Did you have yeah, one? <laughs> we have a mullet wearer, <laughs> Right, we're not getting into this. We'll talk about this another time. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> right, it's been a pleasure. Nice for topic it's... next week. Yeah, exactly. It's been a pleasure, everyone. Um, thanks for joining us. We'll speak to you next week. Cheers, guys. Bye. Cool, nice one, guys. See you later.